Today I want to go another step in the road trip series. And the title today is this, Don't Get Weary. Say that back to me. Don't get weary. Now let's talk a minute. I don't want to preach at you. I want to talk with you. When you go on a trip, you're out on the road. It may be long, arduous, but something happens on that long, arduous, difficult trip as long as you're thinking about the destination. Something happens. Something changes in your attitude. It keeps you going on. What do you mean? Well, if you're going on a trip with your family and you're, you've, you've purposed in your heart to go to Disneyland, what happens? You got your kids in the car. They're all excited about seeing Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and seeing all the, the, the beautiful things at Disneyland. And it keeps you going on. Or maybe the beach. You think about the beach and it, it doesn't matter what's happened. Even if you had a flat tire on the road or you, you, you're running short on gas or whatever happens on a trip, you still are thinking about the beach. Am I right? It, I did. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, when Daddy said to me, which we didn't do very much, we didn't go off very much together, but we're going to go to the beach. First time I'd ever been in the ocean. He took me when I was about 12 or 13 years old, and I'm going to tell you what I did. I was so prepared for the trip, I had my swimming trunks under my pants. I was ready when I got there to get in the water. I loved water. So that helped the trip because I kept in mind the beach or at some other exotic place. Just think of the place that you'd like to be, and you know the trip may be long, but thinking on it keeps you going forward. Am I right or wrong? Think about that for a moment. But when you go on vacation, the thought of your five days away to some blissful place, what does it do? It keeps you going. You may be three months away from it, but the thought of that place keeps you going. It excites you. But as soon, follow this thinking, but as soon as the vacation is over, all you're left with is the memories and then you have a long trip back. It doesn't matter that you ate a great steak or great seafood or you had some great spaghetti. It doesn't matter what you saw in the scenery and the beautiful sunsets. It's all just a memory and now you've got a trip back. But I've got some good news for you today. You ready to hear this? On your spiritual road trip, the, although it may be long, it may be difficult, it may be tiring, but when you, make, when you make it to your destination, we're talking about your spiritual walk. When you make it to your destination, you'll have more than just a few memories. It's more than memories. You will have what is it, Bishop? You will have an eternal habitation that the Son of God himself has prepared a place for you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. You will have an eternal habitation that Jesus prepared. And the best part is this. You ready? The best part is this. You don't have to go home or your point of origin. You never have to make the long trip back. 
As long as you can make that journey into his destination, you never have to worry about the trip back. So the best part of all this traveling down your long and winding road is that you can stay in the presence of God forever. To me, that keeps me going on. It keeps me alive knowing that just the thought of being with Jesus Christ, being able to see him, he may not want to have long conversations with me, but that doesn't matter as long as I can just see him and maybe just touch him. It'd be worth the trip, the journey. So what are you trying to tell me today, Bishop? I want to say to you, don't get weary. Keep the destination in your mind. Get excited about what God has prepared for you. I want you to look at it as something not in the future, but in the here and now. Someone said, well, I can't wait till Jesus comes back so he can take me out of here on my wonderful road trip. Well, I'm going to tell you, you were created to be like him. So if you're like him, he wants you to do everything you can do to save the people around you. That's my road trip is seeing people that were lost, once lost, now finding their sight in Jesus Christ. I want you to say, you don't get weary I want you to hear this statement. You don't get weary because of the pain of the path. Don't get weary because of the pain of the path because it will never diminish the reward. Just because the path is tough, just because you've had some difficulties, it'll never diminish the reward. Let me give you some scripture. Romans 8, 16 through 19 in the New International Version, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are God's children. That should excite you. Now, if we are children, now, if we are children and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory, now, the road trip may be a little, you may have some suffering, but you're going to share in his glory if you're following his map. His plan, his word. Now watch this, what the apostle says in verse 18. I consider, remember what I said, the pain of the path does not diminish the reward. I consider that our present sufferings, I'm on a trip, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Are you catching that? So it doesn't matter what goes on on the trip. I know in whom I believe, I'm persuaded he is able. And no matter what difficulty I've had in life, there's going to be a glory that God is going to place within my life and around me. It's going to be wonderful. It's beautiful now. He's with me now. And then a verse that Pastor Kenny knows that I used to preach a lot on. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. But how can we reveal the power and might of Jesus Christ if we're always trying to run from his destination? We're trying to run from his plan. And we're wanting to debate every issue. I said something very strong this week, and I hope I remember this. I was talking to a, a, a man. <clears throat> they were talking about how difficult church is and how things are going and how to reach people and, and the enemies of the cross. And I said this, and I... 
I don't even know why it came out of my mouth, but it did. And then I realized what God was saying. I said, the greatest enemy to the church of Jesus Christ, and he's waiting for this, thinking it's the Antichrist. It's the beast. I said, the greatest enemy to the cross right now is Christians. Why? Because it is the Christians that cause division. It's the Christians that cause debate. Debate. We argue over things that doesn't mean anything in the, in the larger scope or the grand scheme. People argue on when do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it a second work of, of, of salvation? They'll argue about uh, uh, healing. There's no more healing. They'll argue about all kinds of things like the second coming or, or the, the coming of Jesus Christ. They'll argue on and on and on and on, not realizing that none of that matters. What matters is, are you born again? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what matters. So I stand with my word, the greatest enemy to the work of Jesus Christ is Christians trying to argue and debate and causing a divisive spirit. Can anybody help me here that's sitting here today? If you are a Christian and you're causing division, then there's something the Bible says, and what is it? There's every evil work, confusion, every evil work. Well, if you're doing evil work, you're in the ministry of the devil. You're not in the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's your free part today. So on my trip, I don't get caught up in useless debate. I don't get caught up arguing in the car. Listen, I know, in who, I know where I'm headed. I know what God has said, and I'm going to complete my trip. I'm going to get it done. Amen? So the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. So I'm going to say again, don't get weary. Mark this one down. On the other side of the long journey is a promise. There is your promise. On Abraham, let's talk about the patriarch, Abraham. On Abraham's journey, the Bible says of him, now watch this, the Bible says of him in Romans, this is coming from the New Testament, Romans 4 verse 20, he staggered not, he didn't waver, he didn't get tired, he didn't get weary, he said he staggered not at the promises of God. God makes a promise, he did not Waver. He didn't say, you know what, I'm too old to have this promised son. He never wavered through unbelief, the Bible says, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. What did he do? Even though it didn't look like it was going to happen, he kept giving glory to God. That's what we need to do is give God the glory. Listen, I've learned that in my life. I guess it's because I'm getting older. Every morning I get up, thank you, Jesus. I give you the glory and the honor today because I can't make it without you. I can't preach this message without you. I can't reach people without you. I need you, Jesus. I give you all the glory. But being strong in faith, giving glory to God, no matter what it looked like, no matter how the road looked, he still gave glory to God. And being, watch this, Pastor Mike, and being fully persuaded. Nothing could change his mind. And being fully persuaded that what he had, had promised, he was able to also perform. Now, there are some people that will make you promises. I'll be there. Pastor Kenny was telling me he had asked some people to help him to do some jobs. And he had several people say, oh, yeah, Pastor Kenny, I'll be there to help you. And what happened? They didn't show up. 
So it's one thing to promise something and say, I'll be there to help you. Oh, yeah, man, you're my, you're my main man. But it's another thing not to say a whole lot and just show up and get the job done. So he was able, he believed that God was able to perform whatever he said. And therefore, it was imputed to him for what? Righteousness. Why? Because he didn't waver at the promise. He didn't get weary with the promise. He didn't get tired of waiting for the promise. He just knew that God was more than able and he was persuaded that he was able to complete exactly what he said he would do. God has given me some promises and you know sometimes I get weary. Promises about this church and this ministry. I still give God the glory because I believe that something good is going to happen. Why? Because God said it would. Amen. <clears throat> but I'm going to ask you this question. After reading these verses, what if, let's do some what ifs for a moment. What if Abraham had gotten weary? What if Abraham had gotten tired? What if he had wavered? This that you just read would have never happened. Not with him. This would never have happened because if you waver, you move outside the word of God, not into the word of God. So Abraham would have moved outside the word of God. God help us. It'd be like setting out on a road trip toward a beautiful vacation spot. I'm talking about Abraham now. <clears throat> Just like going out to a beautiful vacation spot and halfway there, you say, you know what? It ain't going to be there when we get there. It's just not there. I just don't believe it. It's just too long. This trip's too hard. I'm going to turn around. I'm turning around. Now, you've got to go back as far as you've come, and you say, I, I, don't, believe it's, I don't believe it's there. Now, we know full well in the temporal and here in the physical realm that Panama City is there, that Daytona Beach is there, that the Colorado Mountains, Rocky Mountains are there. But in the spiritual realm, we can't see it that way. Because God has made a promise. He said it's there. And all we have to do is start giving him the glory and not waver at the promise. Not waver at the promise. Don't get weary with the promise. You want healing? Don't be weary with the promise. Galatians 6, 9 says the verse you know I would read, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, when the trip, the time you spent driving is, is done, we shall reap if we faint not. If you faint, you're not going to make it to your vacation spot. If you faint, if Abraham had fainted, he would never be the father of faith. My God. Just think about it for a second. Man, that just, that, that just, just turns me on to understand this. Now, this statement is important. The pain of the journey... Everybody say that back. The pain of the journey will never diminish the promise. Just because it's painful doesn't mean that promise isn't just as real. The pain of the journey, Pastor Kenny, Pastor Ariel, Pastor Mike, Sister Kathy, and all that are listening to me, the pain of the journey will never diminish the promise. And I want you to hear me. In life, you don't have to do a lot of drastic things to end up off course. Now, hear me. You don't have to do a lot of drastic things. You say, well, I thought I had to do some, some terrible things. Well, you don't have to do drastic things to end up in a ditch if you're driving. All you have to do is get weary, 
get tired, and close your eyes. Well, it doesn't really matter. It reminds me of a man that was going across Mont Eagle. He's up there in the mountains of Tennessee. He was in an RV. He got weary and tired, and maybe, who knows, may have had a little to drink. We don't know. All I know is, from what was reported, he went, he got tired, he put it on auto cruise and walked back in the back and got in bed. And guess what happened? You're right. Had a terrible wreck. And a lot of people are that way. They want to get tired and weary and put it on auto cruise and then just take their hands off the wheel and go somewhere. It don't work that way. You have to stay involved in the journey in order to go through the process to get to your promise. God help us. You may get tired. You may get weary. Don't close your eyes. It might bring you devastation. Just close your eyes and watch what happens. Never close your eyes. Don't let weariness cause your... Remember the old statement, my eyes are heavy. My eyes are really tired. Don't close them. Don't get weary for the quest of God because it's the greatest quest on the planet Earth. It's the only quest I know that has such a phenomenal reward. You know, we'll work for, for years to get enough points to go on a vacation on our cards. And here God has given us points that never run out. They're always enough. And we're going to see not only in, in the heavenly realm, but we can have heaven on earth as recorded in scripture. I can have that. We can have that, but you can't get weary and faint at the promise. So we can't get mired down. Watch this as we're traveling. You can't get mired down in your own personal tragedies. Man, I've had a personal tragedy. Don't get mired down in that personal tragedy. Don't get stuck in the mud of your own personal complaints. Don't get that way. Keep moving or you'll just sit in the mire of your problems and you'll get weary. Don't get weary. But Bishop, I'm getting weary. It seems that I just can't make it. Everything around me is hostile. I want you to think on this for a moment. So it's hostile. But I want to know what you call hostility. And I'm going to ask you this question. If your hostility in your life is a friend, a family member, a co-worker, the Lord placed this in my heart about four o'clock this morning. If your hostility is those things, again, let me mention friend, family, co-worker, if you can't deal with that, how are you going to deal with the enemy of your soul? He said, you'll be defeated, you'll get weary. Before you ever face the power of the enemy, you'll be defeated by those things around you because you've given too much credence to it. And that's a fact. Watch this. I want to show you somebody that faced hostility. His name is Isaac. And Isaac was in the land of the Philistines. And Abimelech was the ruler of that land. And they made it difficult on Isaac. But watch what the Bible records in Genesis 26, 12. Isaac planted crops 
Even though there's hostility, even though there's the people around him not wanting him to make it, you can't make it. Trying to cause him to get weary in the land. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Don't get weary. The Lord will bless your work, your endeavors. And the Bible goes on to say, and that man, Isaac, became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Now, I don't know about wealthy, but very wealthy, that's pretty powerful. He also had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. His, the, those that were hostile with him envied him. See how God works? So much so that they, the wells that his father's servants had dug, they dug the wells, and wells were a premium back then, as they are now. They had dug them in the time of his father Abraham. The Philistines stopped up those. They put it with rocks and dirt and closed them up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, I want you to move away from us. You got to get out of here. Why? Because you've become too powerful for us. Now that's a word for someone. No matter the hostility, no matter the pressure, no matter them filling your wells up and you feel like you're just dry and nobody's for you, everything's against you. If God is for you, you will become too powerful for them. Isn't that a good word? Isaac went where God told him to go. God can cause you to be successful even when the tide is against you. Don't get weary. Don't get weary. Abraham didn't get weary. He didn't waver. So how do I combat this weariness, dear bishop? Easy. Job 22, verse 21. Submit to God and be at peace. Now, that's difficult to do sometimes. But you have to do it. Submit to God and be at peace. In other words, once I've heard from God, I'm at peace with it. Submit to God, be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. You want prosperity? Submit to God, be at peace with him. Prosperity will come to you. There it is right there. Even when you get tired, that verse works. And John 14, 6 Jesus said it clearly. I'm the way, the truth, the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Don't get weary. Reach out to Jesus. Have you ever noticed when you were a child, did you ever start to cross the road and you're with your mother or your father and they grab your hand so tight it turns white and, and all of a sudden you have to understand she didn't take or he didn't take your hand to make it difficult on you but to help you. As a matter of fact, you didn't have to worry about the road. Now, this is important. We get so caught up in the trip, we forget there's a great destination. You didn't have to worry about the road because you knew her, your mother or father's eyes were on the traffic. You relied on them. Who do I rely on? Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Put your hand, the song says, put your hand in the hand of the man who steal the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself, and then you will look at others differently. Oh, God. Take a look at yourself. Quit looking at everybody else and tell them all their problems. Look at you. You've got a lot of problems, too. You've got a lot of shortcomings, too. Take a look at yourself, and then you'll 
see things differently. What do I need to do? Put your hand in the hand of the man of Galilee. This is success. This is the hand of healing. This is the hand of enlightenment. This is the hand of real wisdom. This is the hand of creativity. This is the hand of deliverance. The hand of salvation. Yes, it's in the hand of Jesus. And I'll never get weary as long as he's holding my hand. Jesus will take you through your weariness into his success. I'm going to ask you this question in closing. What if Paul had gotten wearied on his journey and he gave up? Paul, the the apostle. Most of the New Testaments, most of the New Testament would not have been written if Paul had gotten weary or he gotten upset because he argued with Paul. He was arguing with Peter and some of the other disciples. What if he'd gotten weary and just gave up? Most of the New Testament and the Gentiles would not have been reached the way God wanted them reached. What if John, the beloved, had gotten weary on the Isle of Patmos? Well, I'm tired. It's hot out here. There's serpents and, serpents and scorpions, and I'm just wore out. <clears throat> I'm through with this. <clears throat> what if John on the Isle of Patmos had given up? Revelations would not have been written. The book that everybody trying to understand that mystery, which it's so easy, they miss it. But what about Peter? What if he'd gotten tired? The apostle, the apostle Peter, the one that betrayed Jesus, denied him. What if Peter, after that, had given up? I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm through with this mess. What if Peter had gotten tired and gave up? He would never preach that sermon, Ariel, in Acts, the second chapter, where 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God started to grow. Now I want to ask you in closing this. What will be written about you? What will you complete? Will you do what God's asked you to do? Or will you follow your own will and plan? Are you going to get tired and weary because it's a little difficult? You know, I read the Bible and it seems like, Pastor Mike, that every man and woman that I read about, they had a difficult journey. It wasn't easy. We read it in a few chapters and we don't realize that it's, that probably encompassed two, three, four, ten years. We don't, we think, well, that's quick. No, 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 no. It's taken years. So I'm going to ask again, what will be written about you, Kathy, you, Pastor Ariel, you, Pastor Mike, you, Pastor Kenny, how about you, Brother Meshagan? I don't know. All I know is this, at the end of that statement, I want to be said, he, wa- he did not waver. He, he still believed in the promise. He still trusted in my word. And because of this, he got to his final destination. So what's the last thing I want to say to you today? Don't get weary. Don't. All this came to me about four o'clock this morning. Because I see so many pastors getting tired and church leadership getting tired. I've heard them say, I've done this for, for decades now, and I'm just tired. Now let somebody else do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, God didn't call somebody else. 
The Lord spoke to me years ago when I tried to do other things in other ways and be like other people. God said, I didn't call them to this pulpit. I called you there. I can't get weary. Have you gotten weary before, Bishop? Tell us the truth. Yes, I have. And you know where my weariness comes? Friends, family, church people, not from the promise. Because I, I like many people, I get tired of people telling me they're going to get the job done, they believe in, in the mission, and then them backing off and moving away from it. What happened to those folks, Mike, we've seen over the years? They got weary in well-doing. Don't get weary. If you want the reward, don't get weary. I want to pray for you. I don't know if this struck at you or not. And maybe I didn't minister it the way you wanted to hear it. But I can tell you, this is a word from God. As simple as it is, he wanted me to say to you, don't give up. Don't listen to a lot of preachers that's going to uh, cause confusion in your mind. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about you walking with him. It's all about letting him guide you. It's about not getting weary when he... You know, have you ever said something to someone that you say, would you go... Uh, wash my car. <sighs> would you go, honey, would you go clean up that room? <sighs> you know what? You'll find out Jesus doesn't want to use people like that. He wants people to say, yes. As Isaiah said, here am I, Lord Jesus. Send me. I'm ready to get the job done. I will not be weary. Let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I come to you, Lord, with your word in my heart, your word in my mind. And I believe, God, that things are about to change. There's going to be a transformation on the planet Earth. Why? Uh, Bishop, are you saying there's going to be an atomic explosion? No, there's going to be an explosion of the Holy Spirit. God is going to move in the land. Churches are going to come alive. Churches that have had the light dimmed down is going to start to be bright again. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has given us a map to follow on our road to success, on our road to completing those things that he wants completed for the kingdom of God. And I believe you are a part of it. So I pray for you today that you go forward. You stand strong. Stand strong. Don't waver. Don't allow anything to get you off your path because the promise is before you. The pain of the journey cannot be measured up to the wonderful power of the promise. In Jesus' name, touch them now. Bless them now. Heal them now. And Lord, I pray for all our friends that are watching that have been touched by this COVID-19 situation. God, I ask you now in Jesus' name to bring comfort, peace, and healing. Thank you, Father. I also pray for our friends and family and loved ones over in Afghanistan. I rebuke the power of the enemy, and I don't care what kind of weapons they have. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, and I believe that through the power of God, there can be revival in Afghanistan, and the people that are there that are left without hope will find hope through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for this day and this time. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen.